Welcome back, Angry Music listeners. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk with you about all things indie rock, punk, emo, alt-rock, but most importantly, feminism. So, to start things off, I'd like to chat with you about International Women's Day. So, I took the day to really dig into and spread the belief that women are not limited to what we are physically. Women can have breasts or none at all. Women can have facial hair, be bald, have armpit hair, thick brows, or canvas their faces with gorgeous tones of makeup. Women shouldn't be divided by the color of their skin, their dietary choices, their culture, their heritage, their social class, or frankly divided at all. Any disrespect toward any person who identifies as a woman only reinforces the patriarchy and the class system that supports it. My social feeds were filled with so many voices standing in support of trans women, people who are genderqueer and non-binary, people of color, and people of different religions. It's just beautiful to know that, at least among the people who I hold the most dear, we can still share kindness, respect, and strength in each other. So, if there's anything I can give you in this episode, I want you to call, IM, text, send a trash dub, contact whoever it is in your life who feels disenfranchised, and tell them that you hear them and you love them. Just expressing support and love will be what carries us forward. And some good tunes help. I had the pleasure of meeting Aaron Power of Laureate on this episode. Aaron is a co-vocalist and bassist in Laureate, which is based out of Montreal. Aaron had a lot to say on occupying the scene as a woman and putting together the new record, Landmarks. So without further ado, let's listen to some of Laureate and introduce you to Aaron. Don't try. 
Lauren, can you kind of tell me about how Laureate formed? Um, yeah, the other singer, uh, John Marlow and I, we've been friends for over 15 years probably and have just always been sort of like playing together. We used to play in a straight edge hardcore band <laughs> and uh, just done a lot of stuff together. And he was living in Boston and doing a commute back and forth for work. And uh, when he finally moved here, we just started writing songs together. There have been a few different sort of uh, lineups, a lot of changes, but eventually this one sort of came together. We have a couple of releases, but this is our first, uh, our first full length that's going to be coming out next month. So we're pretty excited about that. No, that's awesome. Um, yeah, because you've been a band for about six years. And then Landmark is, is going to be your debut. So that's got to be really yeah. exciting to have it all kind of come together. Yeah, we're uh, kind of weekend warriors. So it's, it's been tough with all the lineup changes and everything. But since we found uh, Mike and Matt, it's just really sort of come together. And it's a lot more organic and sort of the writing has been a lot easier. Everything's been a lot easier. Everybody gets along great. And it's just uh, we finally had a chance to do that. So worked out. That's awesome. It's like as soon as you find the right chemistry for the band and the right people to be involved, it all becomes so much easier. So congratulations on, you know, having these people a part of it. Um, can you tell me? Yeah, about super exciting. Yeah. Can you tell me about kind of like the early days of Laureate, what it was like for you to start playing music also? Of Laureate or in general? Like, uh, both. Because you play bass, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing in band since I was 13, so that's over 20 years. Wow, that's uh, awesome. I will have to say it's gotten a lot easier. Um, not only just my own confidence, but also just sort of like the acceptance of women in music. I find it's gotten a lot easier. There's still a way to go. It is still a bit of a boy's world, but I find uh, there are a lot more allies today than there was 20 years ago. So it's, it's been a lot easier. No, that's really special, especially knowing that, you know, you've seen so much happen in music over that period of time, you know, playing music and being involved in, in bass and stuff. Did you find that your local scene was very helpful in kind of helping you navigate creating music? You're based out of Montreal, right? Yeah, uh, I'm actually from Edmonton, Alberta. Oh, awesome. Uh, so I grew up there. My first uh, few bands that I played with and toured with were out of there and uh, through music. I had met people in out here in Toronto and Montreal and uh, I ended up moving out here once my last touring band broke up and I finished high school. I was still quite young and I moved out here because I wanted to do big things and you know still go to school and uh, take part in music so I thought it was a lot easier out here and there were some challenges you know um, of course but it, it has gotten a lot easier. And the, the scene has helped in that um, sort of positively and negatively because, you know, the people that thought you couldn't do it when you're a young female playing music, uh, it kind of gives you a little bit of a spunk to make you want to do it that much more, <laughs> I guess, if you've got that sort of teen angst in you. So <laughs> I, think, I think it helped in that way. But also um, people become, again, like I said, a lot more supportive. So that made it easier as well. Yeah, you almost have to use your frustration with gendering to kind of motivate you even further. You want to play louder and more powerfully and make an impact and just having a presence. Yeah, of course. And, you know, um, for for all the like negative people out there, 
And there was a time when it felt like you had to play twice as well to be taken half as seriously. So, you know, I was like, fine, that's what I'll have to do. And uh, I guess that's, that's it. I'll do it. (laughs) And just push me harder, push myself. And, you know, between that and just having been a musician for over 20 years, you get more comfortable with your own abilities. So that brings confidence with it as well. So I think that makes confidence is everything really. I agree. You know, if anything, it's like you get to a point where whether you're a musician or somebody who's just involved in music in general, where it's like, I know what I'm doing is great. And, you know, your opinions of me because of how I look or who I am, that's not going to mean anything at the end of the day because I'm, I'm better. It doesn't matter. So Yeah. And I mean, like, no matter what kind of band you're in, if you're in a punk band, an indie band, a country singer, like whatever kind of music you play, there's always going to be people that don't like it. And you just have to sort of learn to take that with a grain of salt and not take it so personally. And I think that that is really the key of just keeping going and just doing what you love. And again, it just gets easier. So just don't give up on it. No, I really love your confidence. This is like amazing to hear. I always am thrilled when I talk to musicians across all backgrounds, you have this sort of just innate desire to create and keep going and persevere against anything. Um, Were there any people in music who kind of helped motivate you when you were younger to begin to think this way? Yeah. Uh, I think that, so I was when I started playing guitar, it was in like the mid nineties. So there was like a lot of female bass players. You look at Darcy for Smashing Pumpkins, and you have like you know, just all those nineties bands, there's Kim Gordon and Kim Deal and all these Melissa Oftermar and Courtney Love and all these musicians sort of in that grunge and sort of that era just were total badasses and I was like dad you gotta buy me a guitar (laughs) (laughs) I have to do this I have to do this and uh he's like no you're gonna quit like you quit ballet and karate and everything else but I was like no I'm gonna do it this time and that was the one that stuck and they just couldn't pull it away from me so I think that's really cool because it's like Riot Girl, that era of the 90s and stuff is something that stokes a fire in so many people I know that are like you know modern feminists and stuff you know you kind of get that angst in you and I think it's really cool because that whole era of music it was very much going against like you know traditional femininity and yeah I don't know I don't think you have to be mutually exclusive yeah if I want to wear lipstick and curl my hair because I want to I don't think that makes me like less of a feminist or no never you know and if somebody wants to dress you know in a more like punk fashion wear baggier clothes or rips and tears and you know, like, that's totally cool. And I think that that's a beautiful thing is, again, nobody's going to judge you for wearing that or for doing ballet. I think that's it's so gotten cool. a lot easier. And coming, I think I have a different perspective coming from Canada. I know where you guys are. It's a lot more messed up right now. Yeah, it's like there's, I love that you just literally outlined my entire belief structure because I definitely agree with you in the sense of like you can be feminine and you can be masculine. Gender is kind of silly anyway because, yeah. you know, you are who you are. You you can like one thing and another. And it's very strange because the binary is so defined here, it feels like. Um, and by here I'm referring to like, you know, the United States, of course. And it, that's just so cool that it's it feels like it's widely accepted where you are to kind of have a little bit more fluidity. 
Yeah, I'm also sort of speaking in in terms of sort of like the people that I surround myself with and hang out with. Yeah. And even the company that I work for is like super progressive and and really cool in that way. Um, so I'm not saying that it doesn't exist here mm-hmm. because it definitely does. But the people that I choose to sort of be in my life sort of have the same belief system and that makes it easier to just be more comfortable in my own skin. So I think that that helps and you always have to stand up for that. And that sort of like, I'm glad there was a fire, like you said, lit in me back in the nineties because, um, you know, if somebody doesn't like it, I don't care because I just got to be me. <laughs> that sounds so angsty. <laughs> no, for you, mom. But, um, <laughs> it's so important. It really is. I don't know, but like there, there's so much, that I have that I realized like in the last few months, especially of how privileged I've actually been mm-hmm. to be, you know, from Canada and not have to ever worry. You know, I see, um, you know, there was challenges that we just spoke about, uh, you know, being a girl and doing this and having to wear the right clothes and having to do the right thing. But I never, ever in my one dreams ever had to worry about my own health um, not being able to get like medical services or, or treatment or birth control or anything like that's never crossed my mind. And I think the rest of the world is sort of watching the United States right now and saying like, man, get it together. What are you guys doing? What yeah. are you doing down there? Like every, every country okay. in the civilized world has got uh, access to these services. So it's just really, it's almost unbelievable. It almost seems like it's not a real thing but it's happening it's horrifying and I'm sorry that you have to go through that and I appreciate that truthfully <laughs> truthfully it's a strange world right now I mean there uh, I like to think that so many of us more are liberal and we're not like what the media the global media and the way that our leadership makes us look but at the end of the day it's like you know I think it's really special that people can start to put in perspective their privileges and stuff like you know, there are people who are in positions to where it's difficult to have access to medical care, or maybe they have different rights that are questioned because of gender or sexuality and race. So it's, it's really interesting to kind of dive into that. But fortunately, you know, there are people like you and people like me who can kind of, you know, put things in perspective and educate and use our positions to kind of be vocal. So it's it's really awesome. I mean, I'm sure for you just participating in music, you know, being involved in that, that says so much already in the sense of like, you know, you're, you're demonstrating a strength that another child or person involved in music or who wants to be involved, they see that and they want to learn and participate. You'll be somebody's Kim Gordon maybe someday. (laughs) I don't know. I hope so. That'd be great. But like, if, if anything, like if, if like me being up on stage, like gives a younger person like, Hey, I can do that too. Like, that's amazing. I think that that's perfect. And I hope that if that helps even a little bit, that that's there. Um, but you know, once in a while, since I do have the microphone, I can, I'm allowed to say things <laughs> if I yeah, want what do to you say up there. Um, <laughs> I just like a couple of weeks ago, we played this show in New York. It was really, really special to me because, um, I got to play with some of my best friends uh, there's a band called Save Ends and a band called Vapors and both have also like, they're both like female fronted bands, at least in part. Mm-hmm. And it's so rare to have like 
a show and the show was, uh, you know, it was pretty full, tons of people, everyone was having a great time. It was all kind of like run by women. And I don't know, I just thought it was really beautiful because, you know, 10 years ago, you didn't always see that. Like all these bands just by coincidence happened to be women. Not like we made a point to have like a female festival or something like that. Like it's not like little fair. It's just this happened and it was really special to me. It was really important because I couldn't imagine that happening when I was playing in bands when I was, you know, a teenager. So I thought it was really great. And I made a point to say thank you to all. And half of the crowd was women, which again, like 20 years ago in punk, you you didn't see that. Um, So that was really special. And the people that were there that were dudes were obviously supportive of what we were doing. And I just thought it was nice to say something about it. That's so they cool. really, really did appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at that point it's like, you're, you're allowing that to grow so much more. Cause it's, it's funny that the minute that you start to have the scene kind of form itself, you have a space where there are more diverse bands. The minute that you create that culture, it just kind of spreads. And knowing that there were that many bands that were playing, that it was orchestrated by people of multiple genders I, there's just the spectrum is enormous, but having that ability that creates a space to spread. So that's going to be incredible. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that just like, I don't know, just being there and doing it and doing it well, at least I hope (laughs) it's uh, I don't know. That says something. So to all the naysayers out there, you know, just got to prove them wrong one at a time. And that's what you can do, I guess. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, speaking of being able to kind of prove really greatly things, it's, you know, I've had the privilege of being able to listen to Landmarks in advance. Um, that entire record is amazing. Um, where did the title Landmarks come from? Um, it's funny because we started writing songs, and one of the first songs we wrote was the first song on the album called Northern Dialects. Mm-hmm. And then there was another reference in another song and it was called uh, Western medicine. And we realized that sort of like accidentally all of the songs that we were writing had directions like sort of in the title or in a line somewhere. We thought that that was really interesting. So we kind of, as we continued to write songs, we usually write the music before the lyrics. Mm -hmm. We kind of started doing it a little bit more intentionally and having sort of that feeling of like being in different places here and there and, what it means to you and how it's affected you and brought you together, whether you're on the road or just in another spot or in someone else's point of view, like it's, it's all kind of the same, comes back to the same thing. And so that's kind of where we got that, that name from like landmarks. It's just things that have affected you uh, either sort of literally or, or figuratively. It's, doesn't have to be an actual statue you know it's kind of a metaphor but I think that's sort of what we're 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 going for there that's so beautiful too because you're right all the song titles really had kind of almost like a directional cue or something that really made it feel solidified and like that album cover is gorgeous and everything about it just makes it feel like this is almost your journey being able to put together this record at last so that's so amazing the cover of the record is actually an Airstream, an old uh, Airstream that Giancarlo has recently bought. Wow. And as of March 1st, he's like getting rid of his apartment and driving around in it for a year. So <laughs> can be a little back and forth uh, with practicing and everything, but I think that that's 
part of that journey too. And it's going to help him write better songs and see different things and beautiful things. And um, so I think that that's really cool. And we thought that that was kind of like sort of what we had been writing about the whole time. So we thought that it would be appropriate to put it there. And uh, my friend Ray Tombrand did the art and he's amazing. So I know it's it's so a little cool. shout out comes together. <laughs> yeah. Out of Toronto. Wow. That's so cool. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, I think, cause I listened to some of like your, your other EP that you had out there and kind of listened to it and this record. And I think it's just so cool how your songs really come out there. They're gorgeous. They're melodic. And, um, you have this great energy that, you know, it, it feels a little pop punk, but I'm always thrown off guard by how deep and strong all the lyrics are too. Especially knowing that, you know, you wrote the music first and then did the lyrics. That's, that's really cool because they all blend together so beautifully. We have a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the emo side of it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, we, we joke around about that. We're like uh, playing on stage. It's one of our favorite lines. Like, this next one's about our feelings. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, thank you for saying that. That's... Um, I think that's sort of like the hardest part of writing a song is, is doing the lyrics because they are so personal. And so it's like somebody reading your diary. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to share. And I often, uh, in the songs that I've written, I don't like showing anybody until I'm completely done. And I'll hum like a, I have a melody in my head and I'm, I'm working it through, but the lyrics aren't totally done. Just sing it, Aaron. Just sing it. I can't. It's not ready. <laughs> it has to be ready before I show you. Even like the guys in my band who obviously aren't going to judge me, but I don't know. It's like a weird quirk. I'm an artist, okay? That's what <laughs> I think it is, though. I, the funny part is, is like, <laughs> it's totally understandable because, you know, as a creative, you know, I, when I record these podcasts and stuff, I'll sometimes have friends asking me, like, about whoever it is that I'm speaking to. And they will ask me, it's like, can I listen to some of it? Can I hear some of it? I'm like, no, not yet. You're going to have to wait. I have to edit. I have to make sure I have the songs arranged the way I want them. It's just, it's, definitely universal feeling of you know I don't want to expose this until I'm ready and I think that it's the way I want it to be yeah it's on your own terms like you it's you show it when you're ready and it's I guess you could say that about a lot of things whether it's like a song or a podcast or your sexuality or like anything it's like you'll tell people when you're ready if you want to and if you never show anybody if you write something down in a book and it never sees the light of day like that's okay too it's it's what you're comfortable with sharing. And, uh, but I think that also as a musician, you have to kind of push that boundary a little bit mm-hmm. and sort of let yourself out there. And, but while still being a bit vague, like I don't want people to know exactly who that song's about or who that song's about or, or where I was when I wrote that. But there has to be, because he has to be relatable too. I think that there is a balance between telling a story and having someone else, um, be able to relate to that and interpret it in a different way, even if it's not how you intended it. So. No, that's, that's awesome. Cause it's almost like you get to have it, that air of mystery. It's like your slight secret, but you're still telling somebody a little bit. It's the hint, but it's just enough for them to know that they can relate. What was the most personal song you feel like you were able to write on this record? Um, That's tough to say because, I mean, there's like a little bit in all of the songs. Mm -hmm. And I think for this one, I only wrote the lyrics to like four of the songs. And most of it was jam. 
So, um, but I know where he was coming from in some of them too. And like the stuff that he's vague, I kind of know what some of it's about. And sometimes I'm wrong. Like, oh, is this about this? And he said, no, that's not what it's about. But <laughs> and it, it's, it's really hard to just pick one because there's like a little piece of, of something, a little piece of you like in every song. So I'm not quite sure how to answer that. No, I mean, that makes sense because, I mean, outside of lyrics, you know, when you write, I'm sure, different chords and things that you want to be played throughout the song, there's a bit of, there's emotion that's still there. There's so much you put into even organizing that much. Yeah, and a lot of it sort of um, have, like I said, a theme sort of running throughout. So a lot of it is kind of about the same, not necessarily the same incident, but sort of like where we are and where we've been for the last like two or three years uh, while we were writing this record sort of all ties together and sort of a, like, I, I think this album is really an album. Like it's really cohesive as opposed to other songs, like songs that we've written and put together on, on demos or this or that, like this one is more cohesive and it's sort of about, even though there's, you know, fast and slow songs and some I sing and some he sings and, kind of back and forth in that way. Um, the theme, at least like and sort of in that department is a lot more linear than you would, what you would realize. So I can't really say that one side is more sort of than the other. Some of them are older. Um, oh, okay. Northern Dialects is, we wrote that song three or four years ago and it's only making it onto the album now. So it's, um, a lot of stuff we've sort of hidden and then we're actually just showing someone for the first time when it's, it's not new for us anymore, but it, it's new for everyone else. And I think that that's kind of cool. I'm like, finally, now you can see it. Like, I think that's very personal as well. That's so exciting too. And you've had some local shows too, where you've had your CDs and have people been able to start to listen to some of the record? Yeah. Um, we had, before we were picked up by Jumpstart, um, we had the plan of releasing it ourselves. So we had put out a couple of songs here and there uh, on like some different Canadian media sites, like Exclaim, which is a pretty big uh, paper here. Oh, awesome. And New Noise released a song as well. Um, and then we got picked up by uh, Jumpstart once we started sort of sending the record around to different people and they started doing their own PR and released some different songs. So there's some, some gems that are sort of floating around in internet land that you may or may not be able to find, but that's exciting though. <laughs> what have, what have kind of your crowd's responses have been like for the music so far? Um, really positive. Actually, we've been doing really well in merch and selling a lot of, uh, uh of records and CDs and everything. So, um, CDs, I know it's weird. So I'm like the fact that someone bought a, a CD in a buying format in this day and age sort of means that means something. It means that they really wanted to have that music. So I don't know. It feels great. And even friends of ours who've been seeing us play for a couple of years, they're saying you know these new songs are sort of on the next level. So that's got to be so exciting to hear. We're getting better. We're getting more you know, writing together, we're working together better. And we've got that rapport that uh, like a new band just doesn't have. So I think that that's going to help us. Yeah. It'll keep you all in sync and motivated. And there sounds like there's so many cool things that'll be happening for you. You know, do you have any tours coming up or 
Um, ways to promote? Yeah, we just did like a little run of shows. We played like New York and Boston. Um, there was a crazy uh, winter storm. So a, a few of our shows ended up getting canceled. So we'll have to reschedule. Um, but yeah, we're still kind of figuring out with uh, the timing and we're going to be doing a music video next month. How exciting. Um, so there's there's some stuff coming up. We'll be down in the like a Philly area, I think. And uh, we're just taking it sort of one step at a time. We don't have like a tour planned yet, but just uh, weekends for now. But luckily Montreal is pretty accessible to uh, a lot of major cities in Canada and the U.S. So we're lucky to be in that spot like geographically. Yeah, that's prime because you're right. The Northeast is makes it very easy for people who live in that area to be able to get to your shows and you're able to tour down sometimes. So yeah, it's got to be really cool to have that ability to kind of hop to sizable major cities. Yeah. Yeah. And the, if we play those like sort of more than once, you know, people are going to tell their friends when we come back, there's more and more people at our show. And that's, that's been happening at least in that area. It'd be nice to sort of branch out and play somewhere besides sort of that little area, but it's, it's tough with work and, Jan's, uh, you know, Winnebago adventure that's <laughs> going to be a little bit trickier for us. We're open to it. So invite us to play in your town and we'll come down. Okay. I'll book you here in Florida. That's where I'm based out of. <laughs> Florida, come down soon. That would be so awesome if you did. Um, that's got to be really cool. Do you have a good amount of like local shows that you're able to do? I mean, Montreal is such a cool city. The most I know about it is a couple of like spaces and then like Pooza Fest, obviously. Yeah. The Pooza, uh, they put out our last record actually. Yeah. So we've, we've played all the, we've played like five or six Pooza Fests. That's we're, awesome. not gonna be, we're not going to be playing this year cause we're uh, going to be all traveling, but um They've hooked us up. Like we played with uh, great, great slots on Pooza. We played with Knapsack. Uh, we played with New- Newfound Glory and Grade and Lemuria, and uh, they they were really cool about just giving us like primo slots on that bill. So we're really grateful for that, and for you know sort of being the first people to sort of like push us out there, put out our first like EP when nobody knew who we were, and just like put us in a position that we're able to sort of like grow from there. And um, because of that, actually, it's um, made it easier for us to get contacts for people that we've met and other bands and and this and that. So that was actually how we booked our first tour. Um, We went through these for just about a little less than two weeks and, uh, made some friends and every time we go by, we, we make some more friends and are able to book more shows. So it just kind of builds on that. So they were a big part in, in getting the ball rolling for sure. That's so awesome. You know, it's really special whenever you have, you know, a festival and a group of people who really back you and help you get even more opportunities and stuff. Um, especially with the kind of bands you played with like Knapsack and Lemuria are amazing bands to be able to be close to. It's- right. If Loria could play with any band, dead or alive, who would you want to play with? Honestly, we have been so lucky because all of my favorite bands from high school, we've gotten to play with. Oh, exciting. That's awesome. We, like one of our first big shows was with Sam I Am, which wow. is, yeah. And then we played with like the Jealous Sound. We played with Knapsack. 
we put like we played with uh, Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids. Um, so we just, I mean, we've been so lucky. We did like a couple of warp tours. If I would have told my 15 year old off that we'd be playing warp tour, like I don't know. We got <laughs> to play. Um, we got to play a big festival called Rock Fest a few years ago. And uh, on that festival was like Megadeth and Weezer and Blink-182. So I was just like, why am I even here? I'm backstage getting wristbands from a band and like Motley Crue walks in. It's just like, I don't know how I'm here. I just That's so special <laughs> yeah. to be able to experience all that, all these bands yeah. that you've admired. You've, you've Henry- experienced. <laughs> yeah. Henry Rollins is like sitting on a curb, like reading a book. I was too scared to talk to him, but he was there. I saw him. Danzig, I just like. I was also Puza. Puza put us on there, so it was all because of Hugo. But I don't know who else I could ask to play with because we've been so lucky. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, to have that kind of accomplishment—that's got to feel so amazing. Yeah. What are some goals that you may have for yourself as a musician or as a band this year? Would love. To play some other countries, some okay. other festivals. We'd love to get over to Europe if possible and just like see a bit more of the US. Maybe Fest. Oh, please come uh, down to Fest. Please. You have to get books for Fest. But uh, yeah, it seems like a, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just excited. I just want to play. Uh, I'm in a band with three of my best friends. Uh, we get to go around we, in places we have no business being playing our dumb songs and people have been super responsive and super nice. And I'm just, I couldn't be happier. I just, I'd love to do it more. It's hard with work and adult stuff. Um, you know, I have pets, I have an apartment, I have good stuff. So it's, um, as much as we can get out and do things, I would really, really love to do it all. And now do it again. So if anyone's listening, book my band, please. (laughs) I know. We're going to have to make sure that you're able to get a full U.S. tour at some point. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it would be a bit more productive than doing a Canadian one. Is everything a lot closer? In Canada, you drive 12 hours for a show and there's, you know, 20 people there. And, you know, it's, it's hard. So if, like, if one of your shows bombs... It sucks because you have gone so far and spent so much in gas and this and that. Whereas, like, if we're going down to, like, Philadelphia, we could also play, like, Brooklyn, somewhere in New Jersey and Long Island. And they're all within, like, 40 minutes of each other. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, it's you don't have to go too far. And it's the shows are, are typically better. Um, but I would love to get out to Western Canada because that's where I'm from. But it's 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 tough. And it's a really big risk. So we'll see what happens there. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited for everything that, you know, you envision for the band and for what will come this year. Uh, You know, Landmarks is coming up pretty soon, March 24th. Where can everybody find All Things Laureate? Um, Pretty much everywhere. We're Laureate MTL on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, laureate.bandcamp.com and also uh, on the Jumpstart Bandcamp, there's some songs. So that's it. So we're going to be a lot more active. So just look out for that on social media and we'll get some songs out and play some shows and hope to meet you all in person.
Well, that's so exciting. Everybody's got to go find All Things Laureate. listening to Aaron as much as I did. Lori is an incredible band with an even more incredible future on the way. I'm working on getting some more episodes a little more frequently to you all soon. I'm so grateful to each of you for listening every time. If you ever want to reach me, find me on Instagram and Twitter at Angry Girl Music with three R's, no I's, and on Facebook. Until next time, this is Amanda. Stay angry and stay aware.